This morning's message is on faith. So if you want to turn to Hebrews 11, that is where we're going to be. You can kind of glance at, at uh, 10 uh, if you get bored. At 12, you can just start reading around there and just kind of just thinking about that whole topic. I love that we start, you know, we're singing Trust and Obey because it gets right at some of the, I don't know, some of the essence of what we're trying. I, I'm trying to encourage us, and I think this passage is helping to encourage us in. And, and things like he, show, he shows and the joy he bestows are for those who trust and obey. And, and never fear, only trust and obey. There's definitely plenty of things to fear, right? But it's the fear of the Lord that we're most interested in. And that's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Don't fear it, though. Be excited about what the Lord is going to do because he has a plan and he's working it out. And we get to be uh, a part of that, and he has a plan for us. But here's some of the questions that I, that I have just starting off, just, just getting you engaged, and then we're going to do a, a little activity from camp. I've got some volunteers that are going to come up, and we're going to do an activity here uh, later. So let's just dive right in and, and ask a few questions. First of all, do you live by faith? The answer is probably yes, <clears throat> but is it faith in the Lord or is it faith in something else? Who does your hope come from today? This morning we want to dig into that question. Where do you place your faith? On a daily basis, you're going to place your faith in all kinds of things. And uh, we want to look to Christ. We want to look to Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. You can find that little quote in in chapter 12, which is, which is fun. We want to recognize that um, this changes from time to time. We have good days, right? We have bad days. Sometimes we're tempted to find our joy and satisfaction in the wrong things. And, and, and sometimes where we know we should. And I think this service here is a part of that filling up, right? That encouragement to get our focus right as we kind of start a new week. And we're starting to even think about spring, albeit we left 20 inches of snow and it was 9 degrees in the valley, uh, about 14 degrees up on top of the hill at the ranch as we left. So uh, it still seems like spring might be a wee bit off for us, but... We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. I, I, would, uh, I, I love our weather. If it would just change like in the beginning of March, it'd just be over. I would, that would be a little bit more encouraging. By this time, I'm like, okay. You know, and then we get the muddy season, which is always fun. And then by the time you guys come in summer camp, it looks so nice. But um, there's an in-between there that's a little rough. Even in that, right, that we get grumpy we get kind of focused on ourselves. If it only was this way, you know, where is our joy coming from? Asking some of those questions. It's not like one question this morning. I'm just trying to kind of get at that, like, where do you place your faith? And that's intrinsically linked with where you find your reward coming from. And we'll read more about that as well. But here's, here's kind of my thesis. And I, I've re rewritten this thing like three or four times. So this is not something you want to quote me on in 10 years. But this is, it'll get better maybe as I keep working on it. But faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ is essential for righteousness before God, hope in him, joy here on earth, and future reward 
after our death. I'll read that one more time. Like I said, you can, you know, Pastor Matt could send me some notes on this afterwards. I sent this to my pastor. And he's like, ah, but that one part, you might want to work on that. But, but I, I just want to get you thinking about some truth statements here. And, and I think you can take these to the bank. Faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ is essential for righteousness before God. Remember, we're, we're reading Hebrews 11. We're reading about stories of people that had had faith that we can learn from. And it was their condemnation. It was, um, it, it was, their, it was their reward. Uh, they, were, they were blessed for that. Righteousness before. Hope in him. Joy here on earth and future reward after our death. We understand by having faith in God and his power to create the world out of things not seen is a mark of a Christ follower. Like believing in this, which seems kind of crazy, right? Like he just spoke it into existence, not out of things like we think Legos, right? And we're like, you see the box of Legos and you make the thing. This is, well, it's way bigger than this, right? But you know what I'm saying? This is like universe. Just he spoke into existence out of things not seen. That's crazy to a lot of people. But it shouldn't be crazy to you as a Christ follower, Right? That should be something you could dive into and have faith in. And it means something. We are not only to believe that God exists, not only that He exists, not only that He created the universe, but we are also commanded to have a conviction in God's reward. Do you have a conviction in God's reward for you? A reward that is not always seen, right? Amen? It's not always seen, this reward. But it's always coming to those that live according to his word. What is faith? So let's read Hebrews 11 together, at least the first six verses or so. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of things not seen. For by it, the people of old receive their condemnation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that we see was made out of things that are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as his righteousness, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. and He was not found because God had taken him up. Now before he was taken, he was commended for having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that seek him. That's really my text this morning. Faith. So, pretty good definition about what faith is you know, by the first verse in there. So that's helpful. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the convention of things not yet seen. In the dictionary, it would be complete trust or confidence in something. 
So so faith is complete trust or confidence in something. So you remember the, the question in the beginning is, do you have faith in God? And we'll get to some ways that we kind of check that a little bit. Hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for certain things to happen. So do you hope in Christ? It's kind of a working out of our faith. Assurance, another key word here. A positive declaration of intended to give confidence, a promise, a conviction would be a firmly held belief or opinion. And so I I want this morning as we start um, my volunteers to come up. I want to kind of show you something that we teach at the ranch. We use a little, so here's the, here's the deal. At the ranch, we try to use the things that are seen to teach the things that are not seen. So we have horses so that we can, we can share about the hope that's in within us with these animals that God has created. We have something called a trust fall at, at the ranch. And so when I was younger, uh, Ralph McGill, anybody remember Ralph? He would have been here. A lot, a lot of you, he's a hard person to forget. He said, you know, trust is faith in action. And so we have something called the trust fall. So we're going to reenact for you what that looks like. So at the ranch, we have this, so who's our, who's our, uh, our patient? Let's come on this side. It's a little less stuff to, all right, so if you can stand if you can stand right here, all right, all the way up on the top. So we have different levels, and it goes all the way up to about this level. And as you'll see, we asked the camper, we call them ranchers at, at Miracle Mountain Ranch, which means the ranch, uh, to, to fall back and be caught. And this is a, don't fall back yet, they're not, they're not, pay, they're not paying attention. Just, I'm going to talk for a second, and then we'll get to this. But you don't want to just like... Just kind of, you know, yeah. Um, This can be hard, right? Because who likes to to fall backwards? You know? Who likes roller coasters? Some of you. Like three of you. This is not a very adventuresome crowd. (laughs) I see. Um, And so, kind of like in in our walk... We're, we're casting our cares upon God. We're trusting Him for our life, for our joy, for our future hope and reward after death. That's a huge thing to trust the Lord for, is it not? Like the, your eternity you're trusting. So this is just a little chance to say, here's a little way to trust. Kind of like how we trust the Lord when, when, he, uh, when he follows Him. All right, uh, Isaac... Once you uh, lead this thing, because there's a sequence to this, and we don't want to mess it up and have someone uh, on the floor and mess up their trust for a long time. We're going to randomly pick person from the crowd to do this next, so please pay attention. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, good. Now, stand up here. Let's do it one more time, and uh, walk us through the sequence of the Are You Ready stuff. So you stand still for a second. Here, come up here just a little bit closer. All right, just walk us through the... Didn't you guys do that? Are you ready? Once? Once. He didn't take his kids to that element, no. Um, Okay, so what we do is we ask a person to cross... You've done this before. Cross your arms and pull them underneath. 
This is because when you start falling, it's easy to let go and sprawl out. Why? Because you don't trust, right? Because you want to catch yourself, and that's a natural, God-given reaction. So if we tie up your hands like this, there's a little better chance you won't give Isaac a bloody nose, okay? And so he has to do that. So then we say, are you ready? And this group repeats, ready, all right? And then we count to three. No, not ready, okay. Are you ready? Oh, no, that's, that doesn't, that's no confidence in that, right? <laughs> I would not trust that. We're ready, yeah, sure, whatever. <clears throat> Are you ready? Ready. One, two, three. There, all right, set them down gentle. Now, the other thing is you want to make sure that the, the, this side does the setting down, otherwise you set them down on their head, which is, which is also uh, bad. All right, you guys can have a seat. That's important to remember. So like I said, at the ranch, uh, we just try to use little things to, to help us understand you know, big concepts and say, look, uh, kind of like you would put trust in, in these other people to catch you. you know, are you putting your trust in the Lord to catch you? Uh, and and that's, that's a big question. So it's easy to ask. But I know that a group like this, there's, on any given day, there's lots of things that you are making decisions whether to trust the Lord for or not. And so we have in Hebrews 11 some people that trusted the Lord. And they were commended for their faith. And they were rewarded for their faith. This meant so much to me as I was kind of coming of age that I started to understand that concept in the verse that it's okay with being excited that there's a reward for our faith. We must believe that God exists and that He is the what? Rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So is it okay to be excited about the rewards that you find in Christ? Absolutely! Some would say, no, you, we don't do it for that reason. We just do it because we know it's the right thing to do. No, no. You do it because God has promised you rewards. And, and he says that right in the scriptures, and, we, and we're excited about that. So let's look, at, um, let's look at some more of these concepts here. Now, I was reading a commentary by Hughes, and, and he said, um, A deeply intense faith spawns a deeply intense hope. And that's what we want. We want you to find hope. Because you're not going to do anything if you don't have hope. You're not going to do anything if you don't have hope. A hope of reward. Faith is central in developing and growing hope in our Heavenly Father and in, our, in this reward. Um, what can show our conviction that the narrow way is the best way? And here's some questions. Jot these down if you want. Do you believe in God? First and foremost, Hebrews 11, 6, you must believe in God and believe that he's the rewarder. So first of all, do you believe in him, period? And I think really a lot of us don't actually believe in God because the questions that we ask and the way we live shows that really we're putting our faith in something else, not in God, right? And so you have a person up here and they're thinking about falling. You say, do you trust him? Oh yeah, I trust him, but I won't fall then you don't trust them. Right? 
There's, a, there's an action side of this, that, that a fruit that comes out of a life that is, is, is believing in God. Do you believe in God, creator, ruler? Do you believe that he created the world? Why is creation so essential for this? Even in this chapter, right? Um, by faith, verse 3, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. That's important. And that's what this passage speaks to this morning. So we know it's true. Do you believe in heaven? Like, well, I hope it works out. It's good fire insurance. We don't really know. How are you going to be built up um, and encouraged if you don't believe in heaven? How are you going to be encouraged that there is heaven? Right here. Right? That's why you come to study this thing. That's why you study it during the week. Come to Sunday school. To study and to hear about stories like we'll mention in a second. Now, here are some questions. Um, oh, oh, another question. Do you believe he sent his son to save us from our sins? Salvation. The gospel. It's preaching this message or one like it. My pastor asked me, it's like, you could have mentioned the gospel in there. True. Because this is central, that there is hope, and it came through Jesus Christ that we're offered this righteousness by faith, faith that he died on the cross for our sins, can totally wipe them out, and we have hope after death and reward because we find joy in him even through tough circumstances here on earth. Do you believe that he sent his son to save us from our sins? Do you believe that this morning? Here are some questions that would help us evaluate this. What do you worry about? Right? That's a tough one, right? What are you worried about? What are you worried about? What we worry about reveals where we're placing our faith and what's consuming our minds and our thought life, right? If we're worried about, uh, you know, all the different things, I think even when we look at sickness, there is a wisdom in washing your hands and safe practices. But there's also this point where we're not overtaken by fear because we believe that God's going to catch us. Like one way or the other, he's got a plan for us He's going to carry it out. So we don't worry, right? The Bible says don't worry because we are confident that he's going to work it. He's got this. We tell our kids, like, I know this seems scary right now. Like you're in the dentist with your kids or somewhere, somewhere scary. Imagine, think back to a memory and you reassured your kids and they couldn't see it. They could only see this far. And you're like, no, 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 it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. They're going to help you. And that's what we get by the scriptures. But what do we worry about? Next, what do you find joy in? This morning, what do you find joy in? This is convicting because I, I often look for joy in other people's praise. I look for, I'm a photographer. I like to take pictures. And I like to post them and share them. Maybe, maybe you've seen some of those. Um, I, I shared one on the, on the church's uh, Facebook of, of the Shenandoah Valley. But it's easy to get consumed by how many people like your photography instead of doing it to the glory of God. And, and, and you can get caught up in that. 
So do I find joy in, in man's praise or joy in glorifying God by what I'm doing? What do you find joy in this morning? Next, where do you turn for help? Where do you turn for help? Maybe write down the top little three things that you naturally turn to. Something goes wrong, what, what's your reaction? A lot of times our reaction shows where our faith is. You have this person, they're standing here, they're getting ready to fall, and they're like, Ugh, and they turn around and look. You know, you get to, well, you're not there yet, right? Well, we try to help youth work through this and build up. They should have a healthy fear of falling, but they should also have a healthy confidence that they can be caught. And, uh, and where do you turn for help? Do you turn to the scriptures for answers? Or do you turn to your own wisdom? We were talking to a person at a convention uh, yesterday, and, and they had good intentions with their advice, except their advice was terrible because they mixed it in with all this like earthly kind of man-based wisdom that was completely unbiblical, and they're counseling this young person and, and trying to, not trying to throw him for a loop. They were trying to be nice. They just offered bad advice. Why? Because it wasn't biblical at all. And so, where do we turn for help? Where do you turn when you are sad? We see that David in the scriptures, and, and uh, he, he turned to Christ, and he poured himself out and asked for help. And that was his response to crisis. I love to preach the Nehemiah, and one of the first responses that he had to the crisis was to fast and pray and to dive deeper into his walk with God. That was the first thing he turned to, and then eventually he asked the king for help after the king asked him if he could help. But his first response was to go to God for help. What do you do when you're happy? So it's not just the other side, right? What do you do when you're successful? When you're powerful? When you've got lots of money and power and influence? Or you're just happy? How are you going to celebrate? There's ways to do that to honor and glorify and to show that you trust the Lord. Or there's like, oh, I've got all this riches. I'm going to just go buy. I heard of this guy... He told me the story himself, and he, he overnight became a multimillionaire, $200 million, and he went to this bar, and, uh, and he got kicked out of the bar because he was being so rowdy, and he was walking down the road with the, the friend of his, and he said, you're going to let that person kick you out of the bar? I mean, you're, you're a rich man now. He said, what are you going to do? He said, well, I'm going to buy it. So he bought all of Atlantic Avenue in Virginia Beach. That was his response. He bought the bar and the whole, whole nine yards. Um, Instead of humbling himself, learning that he was probably being a jerk, his, his answer was to just, just more power and control, just buy the whole block. The end of the story is he lost almost all that he had, right? This, how do you lose $200 million? By just seeking your own pleasures, right? And uh, it's an interesting rest of the story, but um, the only reason I was talking to him is he was buying used furniture. So he had chased after all these things and uh, not, not, a, not a great way to fix the problem. I wonder if this morning is your faith 
you know, really focused on Christ? Or, or do you really lack faith in God uh, completely? And, may, and maybe even some of us have not accepted Jesus Christ as our personal saviors. And then for some of us, maybe we are. Maybe we're not abiding in Christ and walking with him and seeking to please him like in this passage, like Enoch um, and Abel sought to, to honor him with all they did. So let's read back to the scriptures again. Hebrews eleven four, By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, though which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through faith, he died, he still speaks. So today, the story of his faithfulness, his seeking the Lord, seeking to honor the Lord in all that he did, even this seemingly little thing, but wasn't, he still speaks to us and is a lesson to us. Abel knew that he knew what was pleasing to God. And he acted on that belief, and God rewarded him. Cain, on the comparison, did things in his own terms, in his own form of worship. He would have seen, you know, even the pattern of sacrifice given to his parents and passed down, that he, he was kind of inventing a new thing. This seems better. I'll do it this way. And he was a religious person. Realize this. He was, he was offering a sacrifice. How many times do we go to God and we say, well, here's my sacrifice. I said, well, this, this is not a sacrifice. Like, this is not what I asked for. Like, you're not being obedient. I've, I've given you the path. I've, I've shown you what I'm looking for. And, and you, you don't want to sacrifice. You just want to do your own thing. And he, he warns him. Um, let me read in Genesis. Uh, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought the firstborn of the flock and the fat of the portions. And the Lord had, regarded for, had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and he fell on his face. And the Lord said, Cain, why are you angry? Write that down, right? Anger. That, back of those questions, like ways we respond. Like, that's one clue that maybe we're off on another track. And, and you think of all the problems that anger causes in our world today. And that's a fruit of doing our own thing. So Cain was very angry and fell on his faith. And the Lord said to him, why are you angry? And why is your face fallen? If you do well, you will, will you not be accepted? And if you do not... Do well. Sin is crouching at the door. It desires, its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. And Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Cain was a religious person, a religious man. He was bringing, at least in his terms, a sacrifice. But then he was warned by God, and this would have been a unique time where it seemingly heard right from God that this was not correct your path, and he turned the other way, and it ended in murder, which is tragic. 
To the contrary, Abel was seeking to to be pleasing to God, and he was, and that is a good example to us. Cain was warned, and he still chose to let sin overtake him. If he had to do it, uh, he had to do it his way. He did not humble himself. He was convinced that he could he could get a reward by doing it his way. Now, next, let's look at Enoch. This is this is a pretty fascinating story. Right? I don't know if you read the story of Enoch recently. Enoch walked with God. And he seemingly walked with God for for about 300 years. He lived to be, I think, 365 years um, of age. And uh, talk about commitment. And I think sometimes we want to see something flashy. But a lot of times what the Lord is looking for is faithfulness. Faithfulness. Is your life marked by, by faithfulness to these things that we read about? You know, oh, to get to the end and just be faithful. Well, that's, that's just more and more rare today. And maybe you haven't been faithful. We all haven't been faithful, right? And I think sometimes we wrap it up in big events, or whether that person is categorically faithful or not faithful or whatever. But we have this ch- chance to go to the Lord and cry out, and he offers righteousness to us. And we should be focused on that. But, but he walked with God, and, and this was his reward. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him up. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having, having pleased God. Isn't that neat? I mean, there he was, and he was just taken up. Really neat. He was faithful. It, I don't know that he wrote any books. That he, uh, you know, was on the news. He was faithful. He pleased God so much that God came and 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 picked him up and took him to heaven. That's that's awesome. That's crazy seeming, but we have faith, and that's a story of all the stories that's, you know, given to us right there. Enoch, this is in Genesis 5.22, if you're looking for where the story is. Enoch walked with God, and he fathered Methuselah in 300 years, and the other sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch was 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. You know, what an epitaph to, well, he didn't have a grave to put it on, but um, maybe there was some memorial. If not, it's left for us in Scripture, which is pretty neat. Enoch sought after the Lord, and he was faithful to walk with the Lord, and the Lord rewarded him, and he didn't have to face death. And that's an example that's given to us. Now, back to Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, and he's the rewarder of those who seek him. The imperatives in this verse. Faith in God. Okay? Faith in God. We're going to try to, try to wrap this up for you. Faith in God. We're going to walk out with something this morning. How can you grow your faith in God? Draw near to God. How can you draw near to God? I have a couple you know, things written down. Praying, like, like Nehemiah did. The prayer, um, reading his word, following his commandments, and seeking him. So drawing near to God. 
must believe that God exists, must draw near to God, and actually, and having a confidence, kind of like our example this morning, that God is going to reward you. That's okay. Write this little assignment down. Read the first chapters of Proverbs, first five. And look at all the rewards for those that seek after the Lord. This is so encouraging to us. This is so encouraging to us. I'm going to bring in a later verse here. Because I think it really helps paint the picture and it talks to this language. I'd like to kind of stick to those first six verses. But I'm going to go outside of it just for a minute. Is that all right? This is a really neat story. It's in Hebrews 11, 23 through 28. This shows kind of the, the verse in action, I believe, of uh, verse 6. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Talk about bad political turmoil. There it was. They were going around just killing all these kids. It's terrible. By faith, Moses, though, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. There it is. This could be you. Like he had the whole riches of Egypt and he said, no, it's not worth it. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking to the what? What does it say there? He was looking to the reward in verse 26. Is it okay to look for the reward? Be excited about it? Well, Moses did. I think that's a pretty good example. He was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than all the treasures of Egypt. How about you this morning? Do you consider the truths found in God's word as more valuable to you, as more of a reward than all the stuff that's out there, than all the stuff you might hear on the news or whatever. So this doesn't matter to this compared to this. There, there wasn't like a Supreme Court where if Moses got in trouble, he just like, well, just run this up the court and see if I can get out of it. I mean, what he did to turn his back on that heritage was, was certain death, and he didn't fear it. He chose to be faithful to the Lord. Here's a quote. All men seek happiness. This is without exception. Whatever different means they employ, they all tend to this end. It is the reason of some going to war and others avoiding it. it is the same desire attended by both with different views. They will never take the least step but to this object. It is the motive of every action of every person. You will seek reward. It's just whether you'll seek it from the things that you see around you or whether you'll see it as coming from the Lord and having and placing your faith, which is show up in trust and an action of, of seeking Him and drawing closer to the Lord. So, as we close, I just, just wanted to remind you some ways that you can practically you know, keep 
I don't say start your faith journey. I mean, many of you have been on a journey of, of hopefully seeking the Lord for a long time, but we're encouraged how to, how to keep walking, like on Monday morning, you know, this afternoon. Uh, and, I, and I have four things written down, which I mentioned. Prayer, praying, uh, reading God's Word, right? We need to read these stories. Re- we need to read about Enoch and, 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 and Moses and all the other ones that are here and, and throughout the words, we need it to be washed over us on a continual basis. Otherwise, we lose sight. Following his commandments. His commandments in this word bring us life. The world says no. The commandments in the Bible are tragic. But in fact, they bring us life, and we know that. And, and lastly, just seeking him. Seeking him. We see that there was a fruit of Moses' life as he sought the Lord. And my hope for you is that you will find that you will find joy in your journey. A joy means so much. And it's something we're meant to have. And it's something we can have even when things are really tough like going through a terrible illness or being terribly sick. Or it can be there when you're blessed. Maybe you're a millionaire or about to be one. Not many people survive that. You need something to guide you. You need to find your joy in the Lord. Not in, in success of those things in the world or in peril that we see we need to find that joy in the Lord. So I, I hope that you walk away with that this morning is that, is that you, you're finding, you know, through faith and belief in God, you're finding the reward of His joy so that when you go to bed tonight, you've just got that, oh, you got that fire, right? You got that, you're just, you're excited for tomorrow. You're excited because you've got the joy of the Lord and nobody can take that away from you. Sickness can't take that away from you. Money can't take that away from you. You got the joy of the Lord. Nothing can stop you from seeking the Lord today, and that will be the most satisfying thing ever for you.